Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people, people who love cleaning and organizing. Um, I'm also the author of two books, How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind and Decluttering at the Speed of Life not light, life. Uh, those are available wherever books are sold. You can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash book and find out information there about those. Okay. So this is podcast number 224. Thanks for joining me today. I think I'm going to call it decision fatigue outside the home affects the inside of my home or something like that. We'll see. Um, decision fatigue is a real thing, kind of a trendy phrase that I hear out there. But it's also something I've very much experienced in my own brain, in my own life, and I've seen the effects of it. So if you've read How to Manage Your Home Without Losing Your Mind, you know I talk about pre-made decisions. And when I talk about them, I'm talking about the habits or the non-negotiables or whatever. And it's a way of looking at those things that have to be done every day. Okay, when I thought of oh, I just need some better habits in my home. I thought I was going to come to this point where I would just, oh my word, my dishes are done. (gasps) When did I do those? Like, because bad habits, that's how things happen, right? I mean, I have plenty of bad habits where I look around and go, I don't recall doing that. I just did it. Um, But that doesn't happen with good habits. And so over time of really working on things in my house, the daily stuff that I was working on getting done, I basically had to come to a point where I realized that's never going to happen. Like it's never going to be, oh my goodness, you know, I just can't sleep because there's dirty dishes in my kitchen. Oh, I can sleep. Okay. But waiting for that to happen, waiting for me to just, this just to be an automatic thing was not working. And so a way to look at that was pre-made decisions, things that I I'm not going to give myself permission to make a decision about every single night. And here's the thing. I feel like sometimes I suffer from decision fatigue more than the average person. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, you know, everything we think about, we only kind of see it from inside of our own brain, you know? And so sometimes I'm like, oh, decisions are so hard for me. But then I'll talk to somebody else and a decision that or set of decisions that's difficult for them is not hard for me. You know, so I think it just kind of depends on our own unique perspectives and what it is that we personally struggle with. But but here's here's where I'm coming from. My house over the last couple of weeks has not been great. I let my dad in last night. Now he's my dad, right? So, and I was a little bit like, oh, I wish my house looked better. I wish there weren't um, that pair of shorts on the floor in the living room. I don't know who to blame for that, but they exist and they're still there this morning. But anyway, you know, I I wish it was better, but I did let him in. Okay. I didn't come up with an excuse to go somewhere else. And, you know, when all of our timing of all these banana things we had going on um, didn't work out. But anyway, my house though has not been what I wanted it to be. Okay. Like it, I've been frustrated with my home and a lot of that, I, I've kind of been thinking about it and going, because I've, I've noticed myself, this is kind of one of those confessional <laughs> podcasts. Welcome. If this is your first time, I have figured a lot of things out, but here's the example of how I will always struggle with this stuff. Anyway, I just started realizing because I was under a lot of stress outside of my home, I was seeing the effect on my home, but it was kind of, you know, I talk sometimes about my project brain. I get, I throw myself into a project. I'm so excited about it. I'm so into it that I'm like, prioritize, prioritize, prioritize. I'm getting this project done and I let everything else go and it gets out of control. Along with that is tunnel vision. You know, like I get so into something. Um, the slob vision, I talk about that too. I don't see incremental mess. You know, I see perfectly clean and totally messy, but it's very difficult for me to see incremental mess. And so I have these things in place, these, this is my list of things that I have to do every day. Um, And when I say have to do every day, y'all realize I don't do those things every day, right? You realize that, yeah, and that's kind of what we're talking about today in this one. I mean, like I am not perfect about, oh, Dana never goes to bed without doing all four of those things. No, 
I do all four of those things on the days when I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But knowing what those four things are mean that I always know what things to do. Like it's not just starting and reinventing the wheel every time. Oh my goodness, my house is messy again. Okay, I got to find a new way. No, I know what to do, which they are, because I like to say this, um, I have a feeling this is going to be a rambly podcast, but... <laughs> I've just talked about how stressed out I am. Anyway, first of all is do the dishes. Second is sweep the kitchen. Third is check the bathrooms for clutter. And fourth is do a five minute pickup. Anyway, they, I have gone into exhaustive detail, both on the blog and in my books and in other podcasts. But those four things keep me going. And I'm going to talk as we go on within the podcast about how, yes, they're keeping me going, even in my current situation. But I feel like this one has been a little bit different for some reason. And I feel like, okay, let me just clarify. I'm not a mental health professional. And so I'm not dishing out any mental health advice at all. Okay. I'm just talking about my own experience and how I've just kind of been thinking about this decision fatigue part of it. And I think a lot of it has been that the stress of my last several weeks has been that I have not been the one in control of my stress levels. Like I got myself into something and it was a great thing. I mean, I'm so glad I did it. I'm thankful for it. And I'll share that later on. It's not something I can talk about right now. And it's not really something to do with the blog anyway. So it's not like I'm hiding something from y'all. But anyway, I had to be doing something where I wasn't the one in charge and it made me really mad. (laughs) Oh, I have control issues. Anyway, um, but I was doing something and it was something that went a lot faster than I personally would have wanted it to go. Just telling you. And it just made me feel very out of control And I was being asked to make decisions when I wasn't ready to make decisions. Like, Hey, what do you think of this? I need to know right now. And I'm like, I, 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 I have to percolate. My brain doesn't work as fast as your brain, you know? So then I don't like, it makes me not like my brain and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, I was just in a situation where I was being asked to make decision after decision after decision after decision and never feeling like I was the one in control and never feeling like I was ready to make these decisions. And then being frustrated with myself for not being ready to make these decisions. And what I realized was happening in my home, and I'm not saying this is the end all be all answer. Okay, I'm not saying that I'm not saying, okay, guys, I've figured it out. This is more just introspection into this time, I think that went on. Okay. Cause I have a whole lot of reasons. That's why this is such a struggle for me. Cause it's not just house gets messy. <laughs> okay. No, there's like 15,000 reasons. Anyway, this is one of them because I started to realize that I would actually look at my kitchen and acknowledge that it was bad. I'd be embarrassed if anybody walked into it right now. I needed to do stuff, um, you know, clean it basically. And I would just feel that paralysis. And I would go, I can't deal. I I can't deal with that right now. I can't deal with it right now. Even though it wasn't like I was in the midst of something at that moment. It was not a project that I was prioritizing over that. It was simply a mental, I can't deal with that. And so when I caught myself doing that, because I was reverting to my natural tendency to treat those basic things that need to be done every day and that really are not decisions for me to make. I was reverting or regressing or whatever the word would be to turning that back into a decision. So let me talk about our sponsor, a new one who is Circle. So I'm pretty fanatical about drinking water. I went for a massage one time and the massage therapist went on and on about how she could tell I drink lots of water because of my skin. I'm pretty sure it was a compliment, but anyway, no, it was. Um, But I know that not everyone loves drinking water. So that's why I'm excited about our newest sponsor, Circle. Circle makes drinking water convenient, fun, and delicious. And it's great for people who don't love water and for people who do. So what is Circle? Circle is a convenient water bottle and flavored cartridge system. The bottle has a flavor dial 
that allows me to customize the amount of flavor I get. So what that means is I can adjust it to totally be a flavored drink when I want one, or I can dial it to be plain water when I want that or anywhere in between. So I can have a little bit of flavor, a lot of flavor. It's super cool. It's also super convenient and very cost-effective. One circle flavor cartridge can give you more than six water bottles of your new favorite drink. And the bottle itself gets reused again and again, so it's not clutter. They also offer a huge variety of flavors, over 30 in all. I personally love the grape flavor. And with the flavor dial, I can get just the right amount of it. They're also sugar-free and have zero calories. Right now, you can get your own circle bottle plus two flavor cartridges for just $5 by going to drinkcircle.com slash clean and using the code clean. That's drinkcircle.com slash clean code clean to get your circle bottle and two drink cartridges for just $5. So I felt overwhelmed. I felt like I was constantly having to make decisions that I wasn't ready to make. But I would look at my kitchen. I would say, that is just one more thing I can't make a decision about. It's not a decision, but it's like in my feeling overwhelmed, I reverted to that natural tendency to look at that and go, that's a decision I have to make. And so I can't make another decision right now. And I am just going to pretend like it doesn't exist. I'm just going to walk away. And so when I caught myself doing that, that was when I had to say, wait a minute, Dana, you wrote the book. Okay. You know, remember it's not a decision. This is not one more thing. One more decision I have to make is figuring out when to do my dishes. No, it's just a matter of doing the dishes. It's not a decision to make. So it basically, it was like an emotional shutdown. It was like, I have too much going on. I can't take one more thing. But it wasn't even so much the matter of not having the time. Sometimes it was the energy was the issue, but sometimes it wasn't the the energy being the issue. But as that would happen, I would just shut down and I would just be like, I just can't deal. I just can't deal. And so I would ignore it. And then thankfully, because I do have 10 years now of thinking about all this stuff and writing about all this stuff, and I have figured out that can't be a decision. Generally in the morning, if I was feeling, and I'm talking about at night, a lot of times after a day where I had just felt out of control and I've had to make all these decisions I didn't want to make or I, or decisions were waiting to be made and I was putting those off. And so I felt like I can't decide about that because I've got to go decide about this anyway, because that was happening. Then, you know, I would just ignore it and put it off. But then in the morning, generally when I would have kind of that burst of, okay, my brain doesn't hurt quite as much right this second, then thankfully I have that to go back on and go, okay, I need to not make a decision about doing the dishes. But because of all of that, and because I didn't necessarily every single morning go, oh, okay, I feel better now. Oh, there was mornings where I still felt very stressed out. So it got out of control. It got bad, basically. It could have been worse, could have been so much worse. And we'll talk about why it wasn't so much worse than it was. Anyway, so I found myself shutting down even when I did see the mess. I think that is the thing that was getting to me was realizing that, yes, a lot of times my problem is I don't see the mess. Like it just is completely invisible to me. But in this situation, I was seeing the mess and I was strangely roundabout deciding to not do anything about it. Deciding I didn't want to make a decision right then, you know, so and just ignoring the decision, just putting it off, pretending it didn't exist because I just felt like I couldn't deal. So it's a bad cycle because I was overwhelmed with outside forces, things outside of my control. And then somehow that made me like press pause on the things that I can control. So outside forces were making me feel out of control which made me then like drag my feet and just say, well, then I'm going to stop on all these things I can control. But that just makes things worse because then that means that the things I can control end up getting 
out of control, which is not good. Okay. And so that's just the situation that I found myself in, even knowing what to do. Okay. Avoiding decisions that I know are not actually decisions, but let's talk about how it is that my house didn't go back to being the way that it was 10 years ago. Okay. Or even five years ago or even three years ago. I don't know. But how is it that my house today, I'm willing to let somebody in the front door. Would I be a little embarrassed? Yeah, I would. I mean, it's, it's definitely not perfect. And I would be going, you do realize that when I write about this stuff, it's not because I'm perfect, right? If they knew, because not everybody knows in my real life. But anyway, but how is it that it's not a total complete disaster after that period of of being this way, of, you know, having that cycle of it getting out of control comparatively. Well, in those moments where I had the mental energy and those moments of, okay, shake it off, Dana, let's do this. I knew which non-decision to act upon. Like I knew what thing to do. And that is the dishes. Okay. And that is such a big part of the problem before is yes, I I think this same scenario has happened at other times. Of course, you know, we've talked about all the different reasons why my house would get out of control, but this is one of them. And when that would happen before, then it would be even more compounded because I would look around my house and go, I can't do anything and I don't even know where to start. And every time I've ever tried in the past, it never ends up really working and blah, blah. but I have figured it out now. And if you are in that situation of feeling like these outside forces are making you feel out of control. And so the one thing you're going to do is control not doing what you should be doing. I get it. I get that it's not explainable, but I do get it. Okay. If that's the case for you, let me be the one to tell you the thing you need to do is the dishes. And there is such a relief in not having to figure out what to do first. There is such relief. I've learned it the hard way. I have learned that that's where I have to start. That's where you have to start too. Okay. If you have been letting the dishes go out of whatever situation that you're in, Knowing that when I feel out of control in my house, if I can just go to the sink and start working on the dishes, that is like a mental load lifted off of my brain because I don't have to figure that out. Okay. It's not a decision to me, for me to make, but it's also not a problem for me to solve. You know, I think sometimes these outside decisions that I was being asked to make, they were problems to be solved and they weren't bad problems at all. I mean, it just was simply a matter of, it was different, you know, things that I'm like, ah, let me think about it for a minute, you know, where this is not a problem to be solved. My house is a problem, you know, was a problem that needed to be solved, but I didn't have to solve the problem of what to do first. That's the dishes. Okay. Take that decision away. Take that problem solving need away. It's simply a matter of going and doing the dishes. So knowing which non-decision to start with and to act upon helps me so much. Other things, there's less stuff for an explosion. You know, I mean, I, I, I've shared this so many times and this is something that It's hard to understand when you have way too much stuff in your house. I know this because of all the stuff that I had in my house when I started this deslobification process. I did not understand how hard it was for me to keep things under control, how much easier it was for things to tip over that point of being out of control when I had too much stuff in my house. The less stuff I have in my house the crazier life can get. And you don't necessarily notice as much in my house. Like if every single thing is pulled out of the cabinet and in the sink, it's a whole lot less than it used to ever be because there's so many fewer things in my cabinet. Does that make sense? So just simply having less stuff means that in these times, there is less stuff to be out and causing problems everywhere. So there's less stuff for an explosion. The fact that in those moments when I have the, um, 
okay, okay, I'm going to do something to try to move forward. You know, I'm working on the dishes or whatever. The fact that I have trained my family to do five minute pickups and to know what to do and to make a huge impact with a five minute pickup. The first five minute pickups are not going to make a huge impact. Okay. But those first ones, those were not fun. And those would not have helped me make it through this time period where I was just, you know, decision fatigue paralyzed here. But because we have done that so many times over the years in times where I wasn't in a, you know, a mental place like this, then I was able to, while I'm doing the dishes, say, Hey, I need you guys to do a five minute pickup, set the timer and my house looks a ton better, you know? So knowing what it is to ask other people to do, because I think that was one of the things that used to be so hard for me is I'm like, I would go through a time period like this. My house would get out of control way faster and way worse because it was always kind of on the edge of getting out of control anyway. So because my house would go, would get out of control so much more quickly and so much, you know, worse, and I was overwhelmed and I would look around and not know where to start and feel like anything I did didn't really have a big impact because I didn't know to start with the dishes. I didn't know how to ask people to help. You know, that that's one of those things where in situations where I, I do feel competent and feel like it's my thing, one of the hardest things to do is directing people on where to help you. And the more in control of a situation I feel, the more when somebody says, can I help? I'm able to go, yes. Can you cut these things out for me? Or what, you know, I'm talking about like a play or something that I'm directing, you know? So in the house, knowing how to ask people to help, what to ask them to do. And the five minute pickup is the best way to do that. And because of all the years of training them to do five minute pickups, which is, you shouldn't have to, right? Like they should know how to walk around and pick stuff up y'all. But our house was so out of control for so long that they really didn't. And so that has been something very, very helpful. So that helps in these crazy times. Other things are, you know, my husband is very helpful and, and I know that there are a lot of you who don't have that situation. All right. I get it. But I am speaking of, you know, what I personally have been through these, you know, couple of weeks. And I mean, my husband knows what the routines are now. So he knows I'm stressed out. I mean, come on, you know, if anybody knows, he knows probably more than I do even. Anyway, he knew I was stressed out. He could see the effects on the house and he knows which are the most important routines that he would come in and help keep up with. Okay. Now he may not, he doesn't keep up, do them to the standard that I necessarily do, but he does know if I will run the dishwasher, it will help so much more. So, so it's not just me looking around going, I don't know what to do because I have established these routines. Then he can look around and go, this is overwhelming. I know this is the number one thing that's going to help her. Okay. And so he would run the dishwasher. The other thing is, is deadlines, just having deadlines. Deadlines are really, really (laughs) annoying, but also extremely helpful for someone like me who has TPAD, which is time passage awareness disorder. Deadlines are, are, are really key. And so one of my deadlines, if this, again, if this is your first one you've ever listened to, don't freak out what I'm about to say anyway. So I have somebody who comes and cleans my house every other week. I did not for the first seven years um, that I had this deslobification process. So at the time when I wrote how to manage your home without losing your mind, I had not had a cleaner come. And I also have like two different podcasts that talks about the realities of that. But having that on my schedule, my house is so much better off than it otherwise would have been because that was on my schedule. Okay. So what happens is when I know that that Thursday is coming up, it kicks me into gear starting about on a good week on Monday, on a less good week on Tuesday, and on a bad week on Wednesday. Okay. So it makes me catch up on dishes because I don't want her spending her time here working on dishes. Like I just don't want that. Okay. So it makes me catch up completely on dishes. It makes me be sure that all clothes have been put away. Okay. Because otherwise she can't get to the surfaces that she needs to clean. Okay. It makes me make sure that everything is picked up, that the bathrooms are all completely, you know, picked up so that because cleaning is not 
picking up. And so all of that picking up, which is the stuff that kind of becomes invisible to me, that's the stuff I let go. But having that deadline of her coming ends up making me do these things. Like it forces me to keep up with these daily things, which as long as I keep up with the daily things, whether or not she comes, my house is a thousand times better off. So for the first time in three years in the midst of already being stressed out with other stuff, first time in three years, which I completely and totally understand and I'm not resentful at all. Okay. Let me just be clear, but she was not able to come because she had a family emergency and totally, completely understood. Like I told my daughter, I said, yes, I'm a little freaked out, but I am not upset with her at all because, uh, she's proven that she comes like, this is not a, oh, she's, you know, slacking or anything like that. I mean, she, she's earned for sure my complete trust and all that. So I don't have any, I'm, I'm happy for her that she was able to go and, and help with her family member, but it did send me in a bit of a panic, but I was shocked in the midst of already being stressed out about things, how little panic I actually felt. Like that really surprised me because I have many times, because I had scheduled something for Saturday morning, which we even joked because we were like, I know things are crazy right now, but she's going to come on Thursday. And so we'll do this thing on Saturday morning. And we had invited like all these people over and like 14 teenage girls. Anyway, so we were going to have this thing and I was just completely counting on, I was like, you know what? I know I'm stressed out, but she's going to be here. And so I know the house is going to be ready and I don't have to worry about that. It's something I don't have to think about. And then, you know, family emergency, she's not able to come. So I had a moment of going, Oh my word, what am I going to do? And then I looked around and I went, Oh, because I have been catching up on the daily stuff and I've been catching up on the daily stuff because of the deadline that I had for thinking that she was coming. My house is not that bad. And it's really a matter of dusting and vacuuming and closing all the bedroom doors and cleaning the one bathroom that guests go to. That was it. And so I was able to do that. I was able to spend, I think I might've spent like an hour and a half uh, the day before just dusting and vacuuming. And that was pretty much it because I had had my family doing all the picking up. I've been keeping up with the dishes for at least a day or two days so that I was not, the dishes were not out of control. Now, did I let my family um, eat in my kitchen between Thursday night and Saturday morning? No, I did not. No eating. Sorry, people. But that's the reality for me is I, those deadlines are extremely helpful. So, you know, there's a lot of people who, and this was me for years and years and years, I couldn't afford to have that deadline of somebody coming to clean. Um, It's extremely helpful for me to have that deadline. And that's honestly part of my motivation in keeping that, you know, financial obligation going is that the deadline that it provides for me. But even if you don't have that deadline, what kind of deadline could you create for yourself? Could it be something where you, you know, have a regular book club meeting or friends over or tell your child you can have play dates on, you know, every other Saturday morning or whatever, you know, sometimes establishing things like that where not the house doesn't necessarily have to be perfect. My house wasn't perfect when these people come over, but establishing some sort of deadline like that will help to snap me out of that funk that I was feeling that decision fatigue oh my goodness, I can't deal, blah, blah, blah. The deadline snapped me out of that. Let me tell you about one of this episode's sponsors, BetterHelp. So I've mentioned about 57 times in this episode that I am not a mental health professional, but there are people who are, and there are some of you who need to connect with them. So that's why I'm excited to tell you about BetterHelp. BetterHelp is online counseling that allows you to connect with a licensed professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. So you can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. 
If you know you need to look into getting counseling, but you're overwhelmed with how to even start, check out BetterHelp. They have 3,000 U.S. licensed therapists across all 50 states. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you can request a new one at any time, no additional charge. You can start communicating in under 24 hours, though I do want to be clear, this is not a crisis line. So one big advantage that I feel like this service has is that um, I know a lot of you live in places like me that maybe don't have all the options that maybe you read about other people having. But um, an advantage of BetterHelp is there's a broad expertise in the network that may not be locally available in many areas. There is financial aid available for those who qualify. And best of all, it's truly an affordable option. A Slob Comes Clean listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code CLEAN. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash clean and simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get you matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com slash clean. And Carbona. Carbona is a household brand that has been helping people live life unstained for more than a century. Carbona offers a wide range of cleaning and home care solutions that deliver impressive results. You will laugh in the face of stained moments and triumph over the messes. So clothes that you don't wear are clutter and they need to go. But one of the best ways to keep your favorite clothes from turning into clutter before they should is to care for them well. And having what you need to remove stains is key in caring well for your clothes, especially kids' clothes. But kids can get into all kinds of stains, right? So like at the park alone, they can end up with grass stains, dirt stains, blood stains, let's just be honest, Um, grease stains from climbing onto the poles that hold up the swing instead of the swing itself. Yeah. And who knows what else, but Carbona's stain devils are scientifically formulated to treat specific stain types. There are nine total because no two stains are alike. They have different chemical makeups. You need to treat the stain with a specific formula, and that's where stain devils come in. This is what makes them better than a multi-purpose remover. Order now, and my listeners will receive 20% off your order. Live life unstained. Shop Carbona.com with code CLEAN for 20% off. Use the code CLEAN at Carbona.com to save 20%. Happy cleaning. That's Carbona.com. C-A-R-B-O-N-A.com. Code CLEAN. Now, there are times where this is even way more extreme. I have a friend who, um, her husband passed away, I think two and a half years ago, maybe just absolutely devastating. Uh, he had suffered for a really long time. Don't dip. Okay. That's why I have to tell my kids don't dip tobacco. Um, you know, it was just a, that was the reality. You know, he dipped for a long time and then he ended up with, um, throat cancer and, in his last months of life, you know, she and I were talking and she said, you know, her house, she just, and they had to keep it dark anyway for him because it hurt his eyes. And she just said every other week, you know, she had a cleaner and every other week she would just text her and say, I just can't do it. I just can't do it this week. You know, she said, it's been months that I've been telling her I'm so sorry. And she's completely understanding. She said, I just can't do it because I can't do the work to get ready for her to come because that's reality. There's a lot of work that you have to do to get ready for a cleaner to come. And so I'm not talking necessarily about, you know, I mean, my situation was absolutely zilcho, nothing whatsoever compared to her situation. And yet in some ways that T-pad buster, that time passage awareness disorder buster of just having something on the schedule. It it just kind of gives that awareness of the passage of time, which is very helpful for someone like me. I'm not saying she was like that. You know, her house was fine. I went over there and it was great. But, you know, having that time passage awareness disorder stopping point where it's like something that occurs on a regular basis, because there have been times for me in life where because I struggled in my house, I didn't invite people over. Because I struggled in my house, I definitely didn't do any kind of regular routine on, you know, having people over in my house. And without doing that, it caused me to not put things on the schedule. And so I didn't open the door 
And so it just got worse and worse, you know, where one of the very first things that I did when I first started this, okay, I'm really, you know, when I started the blog back in 2009 and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but I'm really going to try to focus on my house. When I started doing that at the same time, I volunteered to host a group for our church every Sunday night. And I remember my husband looking at me like I was crazy because that kind of stuff had always stressed me so much in the past, but it's like the two went well together. The trying to focus on routines at the same time as getting something on the schedule that was going to be a tea pad bester. Got it? Okay. So that has helped me a lot. Okay. So what are the cures though? Because here's the thing too, this feeling of being overwhelmed and all that, it piles up, it piles up, it piles on because, you know, like I said, these outside forces cause me to feel out of control. And so then I look at my house and I go, okay, well, the one thing that nobody can tell me what to do is the dishes. So I'm putting that off because I just don't want to do that right now. See how my accent gets worse when I talk like that anyway, because it probably does get worse inside my head. But you know, that's, I'm just not doing that right now. Well, then the dishes get that much worse, which makes me feel that much overwhelmed, more overwhelmed, which then increases the overwhelm that I'm feeling outside the house, which then, you know, and it just becomes this endless cycle. But so where do you stop it? Where is the cure? You know, especially if you're not ready to put something on the schedule on the calendar, that's going to force you to clean up, do the dishes. Okay. Yes, that is a great place to start. It's a such a relief to be able to look around and go, this is the place where I'm going to start. But it also gets me going. Like when I get my kitchen clean, even though before I was able to successfully ignore how messy it is, once my kitchen is not messy anymore, every time I'm able to, you know, get myself a glass of water without having to move some stuff in the sink, I go, you know, I have this gallon size jug thing that I use to take water out to my dogs and um, to fill up their water dish, the, the one that they have outside. And it's a little thrill in my heart. Every single time I go to fill that up and there's nothing in the sink. I'm not talking about my sink being shiny either. Okay. We're not talking about that. I'm just talking about it not being full of dirty dishes. That's all I'm talking about. But every time that I go in there and I don't have to rearrange anything and I don't have to angle and shift or use the hand sprayer to fill it up because I can't get under the thing. Anytime that I can just easily put it under there, it causes a little (sighs) to happen in my heart and my soul. And that reduces the overall feeling of overwhelm that I'm feeling, which then somehow, not completely, but somehow transfers to my overall state of mind, which then helps me in my outside of the house situation where I'm feeling overwhelmed. I just overall feel that much less overwhelmed because the dishes are done. So to get to the point where the dishes are done and I feel better, I have to do the dishes first. Okay. So it's important to know this is not a decision to make. This is not something I have to figure out. It's not a problem to solve. I just need to do the dishes. But then once those are done, it also helps in my overall feeling of overwhelm because I go, oh, I can cook the dinner that I want to cook. Because here's the problem. If I have no clean dishes and my counters are covered in stuff, like covered in dirty dishes, and then we need to eat dinner, which happens every single night. I'm telling my accent is really bad this week. Sorry, y'all. But when it's time to eat dinner and I can't cook dinner because my kitchen is such such a disaster, that just adds more to that feeling of overwhelm and being out of control. I can't even cook dinner. <sighs> you know, that's, that's the reality of what goes on inside my head and sometimes outside of my mouth or out of my mouth. Even, and, and here's the thing to remember, even when I feel guilty that the only thing I'm going to do is the dishes, it still helps do the dishes because if I do the dishes, I feel less overwhelmed and then I feel less guilty about my house. So it's this positive cycle and negative cycle either way, depending on which direction you're going. Places to start again, have the family help with a five minute pickup instead of blaming them. If I feel that urge to go, oh my 
goodness, why are there shorts on the floor? Why do people leave their shoes everywhere? Why blah, 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 all these things that come into my brain again and again. You know what's actually more helpful and what actually contributes to me feeling less overwhelmed to say, let's do a five minute pickup. And I'll tell you, the more often we do five minute pickups, the more likely their stuff is to not be in the wrong place. It's not a, well, he learned his lesson and he never did that. No, but over time, it does help. If they have had to pick up all the shoes in the house that are in random places. Now, part of that I blame on my dog because I have a German Shepherd and her way to show love when we come home is to be super excited. And then as soon as we take our shoes off, she likes to carry them somewhere in the house. But anyway, it's not all her fault though. A lot of it's my fault. But the reality is the more they've had to do that, the more likely it is for their brain to trigger oh, I should take my shoes off over here. So I don't, I get to skip that step of doing that in the five minute pickup, you know, and a five minute pickup has a shocking mental benefit to me, a shocking benefit to how I feel and how in control of my home and therefore in control of my life. I feel that five minute pickup is crazy, crazy powerful. Like it can change completely how a, a house looks. I know that when you're feeling like everything is that out of control, that it couldn't make that big of a difference, but I promise you it will make some difference. And if you will do it every day, you're going to be really surprised after four or five days, the impact that you see from just a five minute pickup every day. Other things, another cure for that complete feeling of overwhelm that makes you want to shut down and say, "Um, I don't have control over much, but I can have control over not doing my dishes. I know should be, I can have control over doing my dishes, but somehow I can warp any thought process is to do step one of the decluttering process. So in decluttering at the speed of life, um, and I've talked about it on the podcast and everywhere too, you know, I have a five-step decluttering process. And the whole point of the way that I do my decluttering process is that I can start at any time and I can stop at any time and I only make progress. I never pull everything out of a space and then let myself get in a situation where when I get distracted, it's worse off than it was before. So the step one though is trash. It's to grab a black trash bag. It needs to be black so the people in your house can't see what you're putting inside of it and go throw away trash. There is something crazy satisfying about that. When my kitchen is out of control and I don't even have it in me to do the dishes, if I will just say, okay, Dana, just throw away trash, just throw away trash it cures to a degree, not completely managing this situation, but it makes a huge difference when I just start throwing away trash, just looking for trash saying there probably isn't any in here. It looks like it's all dirty dishes, but if there's any trash, I'm going to throw that away. It gets me moving. It gets me going, but it also starts to make a real visible impact. Okay. And there's just something very satisfying about that. So other things, you know, trash in the kitchen, Start throwing, you know, looking on the counters for a chip bag that, oh, well, we thought we were going to eat those last few chips and now they've sat there for a while and they're stale or whatever. Um, you know, throw those things away and the kitchen's going to visibly look better. Trash in living areas, you know, walk through your living areas, see if there's, you know, some packaging from something you were super excited to open and you started using it and then you left the box there by the front door, whatever. Anything like that, um, and when I say trash, I always mean, you know, recycling as well, separate, however, whatever routine you already have established in your home is what you should be doing. But go through and look through and just search for trash. And as you do that, you're moving, you are seeing your home differently. You're also really just making a visible impact in your home. Okay, so fall is our family's favorite time to grill. The weather in Texas is finally, like just this week, not completely miserably hot. Not being miserably hot means it's more pleasant to stand over a grill. Over the years, my husband has gotten pretty great at grilling. It's not me who grills, it's him. (laughs) Anyway, and we've realized that when it comes to meat, quality matters. Luckily, there's Butcher Box. ButcherBox believes everyone deserves high quality, humanely sourced meat. So every month, 
ButcherBox ships a curated selection of high-quality meat right to your home. It shows up in an insulated box with dry ice, and the meat is vacuum-sealed, so it's ready to go straight into my freezer. That is actually my favorite part. Um, I love not having to sort it out or divide it up. All the meat is free of antibiotics and added hormones. Each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat, enough for 24 individual meals. I can customize my box or I can go with one of theirs. Either way, I can get exactly what I want. Right now, ButcherBox is offering new members ground beef for life. That's two pounds of ground beef in every box for the life of their subscription, plus $20 off their first box. Just go to butcherbox.com slob or enter promo code slob at checkout. That's butcherbox.com slob or enter the promo code slob at checkout. Other places that are super easy for me every time is, you know, to look for trash is in bathrooms, bathroom counters, you know, like the almost empty deodorant that I went ahead and moved to the next thing of deodorant because I hate the way it feels all scrapey on my underarm with the old one. But what if I was ever in desperate straits and I needed to dig it out with my finger, whatever, you know, but because of that, you know, eventually it even dries up and it's still sitting there or whatever. But you know, there's always some kind of packaging or something empty or whatever that I can just throw away. Um, empty shampoo bottles, empty, whatever, that kind of stuff makes a visible impact. And again, that produces that opposite cycle, you know, so not the cycle of I'm overwhelmed outside the home. And so I, avoid decisions within the home, which then makes things worse in the home and then makes me feel out, you know, out of control inside the home. Instead, it's taking small little bits of control, small little, I can handle this. I'm going to throw away trash. And when I do that, it just makes me feel a little bit more in control. And then it makes me do a little bit more because I'm feeling a little more in control. And then when I'm in that situation outside the home where I don't feel in control, well, at least I don't feel completely out of control in my whole entire life. So I'm saying, so it's that backwards shift, endless cycle. I can end an endless cycle like nobody's business if it's a good one. Anyway, so that visible feeling, which, you know, that's my visibility rule. That's always my big thing is, you know, really focus on visibility And when I say visibility, someone the other day was saying, oh, I didn't realize you meant from the front door. And I'm like, oh yeah, I mean from the front door. And when I say, so the visibility rule is when you feel the urge to declutter, when you have that barely any energy or energy that you're pretty sure is going to be fleeting and gone quickly, anytime that you have that, you need to start in the most visible place. Don't start in the laundry room. Start in the most visible place. And when I say most visible place, I mean the place where somebody walks into your front door or side door or wherever it is that people come in. At my in-laws house, it was always through their garage door. That's the way everybody came. But, you know, start there so that in those situations where somebody does show up at your door or could show up at your door, you know, they say, hey, can I drop such and such by? You know, it's a really good feeling. I'll just tell you in case you haven't experienced this. It's a really good feeling when you're able to say, yeah, bring it on by instead of, oh, I'll, I'll just get that from you when I see you next time. And then you never remember to get it. Or, you know, somebody wants to do something nice for you and you're like, oh, I don't need that. But in reality, it's because your entryway is such a disaster. You don't want to let anybody inside, you know, like those feelings really produce those, I'm sure there's some sort of chemical or whatever. Again, I'm not a mental health professional. Um, But you know, it's a really good feeling when you're able to say, sure, come on over. So having that space done first, that most visible space is good. Besides the fact that you probably, unless your house is configured in a completely whatever way, you probably walk by that space. It may not be the time, the place in your house where you sit and hang out, like maybe you don't sit and hang out in your entryway. So you were thinking that I meant your living room as most visible or your bedroom or something. But the reality is you do see that space on a regular basis, even if you're not sitting in it. And because you see it, 
even though you might not have noticed it before when it was cluttered, you might have just kind of blocked it out of your brain and said, this is my slot vision. I'm, or you didn't say it, but it happened. You know, this is, I'm just ignoring that this exists. La, 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 la. Um, I'm going to pretend that doesn't exist. It gets worse and worse, whatever. You didn't notice it when it was cluttered. Once it's decluttered, your brain is going to notice and you're going to go, ah, and that's going to produce those, wow, I feel in control. Huh. I have some control in my house. And when you start with that visible space and that visible space is decluttered, it produces those feelings, which then encourages me to keep decluttering. And so then I go with my next most visible space. So please don't underestimate the impact and the power of following the visibility rule, following that, doing the surfaces first, doing the stuff that's out in the open where everybody can see, even though it may not be as dramatic, you may not have, you know, six bags of stuff to donate like you would if you, if you, you know, cleaned out your closet or your storage unit or whatever. Oh, you might anyway, but if you will focus on those visible places first, it just makes such a huge positive impact, which then makes you feel more in control, which then causes that control spiral, like the good kind to get going. Okay. All right. I think I'm going to end there. I hope that made sense. I just, and like I said, it's nothing, it's really nothing that I've been going through. Cause I know some of y'all are very kind and care and other, others of y'all are like, seriously, stop talking about yourself. But life has weeks like this. It has weeks like the couple that I had recently that's just reality. I think there are some of us who these kind of weeks happen to more than others. <laughs> um, cause we're the kind of people who get ourselves into situations, um, which we want to be in. This was a situation I really wanted to be in. I'm glad I did it. I'm incredibly thankful th- for the experience, but oh my goodness, it had an impact on my house. And so I was just trying to kind of unravel why, how, why did that impact my house? Like it did. And what is it that helps me come back from that? Or, you know, slow it down or halt it or whatever. So anyway, um, those of you who identify with my unique brand of crazy might, again, not a mental health professional. So when I say crazy, I'm just, that's just me talking. Those of you who identify with that, you might be interested in being a kindred spirit of the show, which is um, a patron at the $5 a month level. And if you're all at that level, one of the perks is that you get to participate in a super secret private Facebook group. And it's a truly lovely group of people. So if you're like, yes, I get it. I've been there. Um, and you'd like a place where you can kind of express what goes through your brain and people don't go, what? instead they're really nice about it. Um, that's something you should check out. So go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash a slob comes clean and you find out about that. Okay. I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.